Demo, I had one of my most pleasant walks departing the MCG on Saturday. Right. Do tell. Do tell. So, as you know, I had a wedding uh, that I had to attend. Very inconsiderate timing. My arrival at said wedding needed to be 4.30 sharp. So, I didn't miss the, the ceremony. What I expected was that I'd be racked with nerves on the journey um, to the nuptials. But yeah. as we all know, the opposite was the case and it was a, a blissful, gleeful amble. You had a pep. You had a pep in your step. I had a pep in my step mm. um, under the elm trees of Fitzroy Gardens yeah. past Captain Cook's cottage, listening mm. on headphones to the final 25 minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah, that classic post-pies sex glow. I did. I sent you a photo and I think your cheeks were rosy. <laughs> yeah, they were rosy. They? <laughs> they looked looked nefarious, but it was all legit. How often do you witness a lids-off victory oh. and then 26 minutes later arrive at a venue where a waiter <laughs> offers you a glass of champagne, a flute no. of French champagne? How often? Did he give you? Did a waiter give you a wink? Was he a pies man? <laughs> no, but um, unfortunately the groom who was nervous at this stage waiting for his... <laughs> Mm. betrothed did ask me uh what happened with the pies and did did i chew his ear off isn't it weird like how many times how many times have the pies been up by 50 points at half time and you can just you know just relax into one of those plastic you know stadium chairs and just mm. soak in the glow it's beautiful isn't it oh it's rare uh particularly last year as we know i like I like that. Yeah, I like that. Last week we 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 spoke about the uh, the Craig McRae basting method. Mm-hmm. Now this was this wasn't basting at all, was it? This was you know when you you know when you have a, a live crayfish and you sort of dunk it in ice cold water and then just spear a Crack knife through the skull and then just pour a little bit of vinegar on it. Actually, I thought it was one of those blow torches that really fancy chefs use in the kitchen oh, to like yeah. finish a dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a sushi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, fast forward um, through the wedding. Some beautiful food, intimate venue, classy. There was mm. canapes with little anchovies. There was a fish entree, ribeye, chocolate pudding, the works. Wow. A thousand Peronis. Back mm. to bed by 12.30 a.m. 12.30? Yeah, like quite responsible Reason. but mm. cross-eyed. Like not cr- not too cross-eyed to watch the replay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd be uh, lying in bed with the, um, you know, the the coat, the... <laughs> The coach address, you know, oh, the, the press the, conference. The press conference. I reckon I watched. And I, it's pretty hazy. It's pretty hazy yeah. recollection. I reckon I watched all press conferences and yeah. the entire replay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the next day, mm. um, as you know, I've um, I've moved down the coast in recent years. So I do know that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so Geelong Road is is something I've become well accustomed to, and the afterglow, despite the hangover and the lack of sleep, the the afterglow just followed me all the way down the Geelong Road and there was people kind of passing intermittently um, because I was just in the left lane just chilling, you know, like I was in no rush, just enjoying a Sunday and people passing kind of smiling at me and I've worked out that, you know, I thought it was because I had a Pie Hard sticker on the back and people Mm. recognised the Collingwood supporter Mm. and they'd get kind of adjacent to the driver's seat to me and they'd see that I had a Collingwood members cap on and so they're just beaming and I was like, man, this... This must be like the Magpie Army, like, you know, leaving town, like going home, just like I am. Like, yeah. This kind of communal ambience, like afterglow. Mm. I just felt fantastic. What was it? Pulled into you the BP fly- on the Geelong Road. Massive jizzing cock. 
uh, drawn on my rear windscreen. <laughs> Cock and balls. In the in the dust. Drawn in the dirt on my rear windscreen. Oh, well, it's kind of it's kind of fits, doesn't it? After that performance, in a way. I don't know. Whoever saw my pie house sticker <laughs> and drew the massive jizzing cock and balls, mm, mm. it wasn't enough to ruin my mood. I was in a fucking brilliant mood all weekend, baby. I'll say whoever did that, this one's for you. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. Because we don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in the cell. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. It was, it was an extraordinary game. It's not often mm. that we're at a Collingwood football club and it's half time and you're 49 points up and it's just one-way traffic. It's forgotten. Forgotten what it was like. When, when was the last time we we felt that? We're totally, we're totally not used to that, and it just looks like things have changed. And boy, does the football world know about it now. Oh my god, it's yeah, it's everywhere, isn't it? Uh, I just you know when after those wins where you just can't escape it, right? It's 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 everywhere. It's just on the media. It's in the streets. Like I was walking around on Sunday, and just I swear. Every third person had mm. some type of Collingwood attire on. Mm. Like it was just, it was just the undead, right? Like that they'd, they'd taken over. And There's was, a switch that fantastic. gets flicked, and I don't know how it's broadcast, but we all know it instantaneously. That like, yeah. it's kind of like Magpie supporter beast mode. Yeah, and collectively, yeah. and 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 it's a different switch from last year. Like last year, it was like, wow, what a roller coaster, what a ride. This switch we're looking at now is like, hang on, is this is this it? I mean, yeah, I, I almost don't want to say it on air, but no, don't. everyone's thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, is this it? Yeah, well, I was so excited. I, I think I said to you that we should really lock in the the triptych of um, corporate gatherings. Nice. So we start off start off at the AFL membership buffet. Mm-hmm. And then we move up to the Jim Steins Grill at the MCC, and then we cap it off with the Jeff Brown seat at the table, El Presidente Club. Oh, the pinnacle! Um, gathering the pinnacle, but just with because Paul. You, you never know, you never know what's going to happen this this season and this year, and only only two rounds in, but. Oh, geez, Craig McRae has that team up and about, and we're going to dive into it. We're going inter- to we're going to dissect. We're going to tear it apart, put it mm-hmm. back together because that's what we do. Flame torch it. That's what we do on Pie Hard. We're the Collingwood culture podcast for Pies fans and wannabe Pies fans, which is all about celebrating the cultural highs and lows of the Collingwood Football Club. Alex, let's kick into gear and what are we doing? We're going, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to launch into hard yes and hard no, which is where we unpack the weekend's demolition job against Port Adelaide. And you can kick this one off. You can choose hard yes or hard no. It has to be yes. 
It has to be yes all the yeah, way. It has to be hard yes, yeah. And I'm sure we've got several yeses, so let's get Extra into it. Hard. First name, only basis. Yep. Michael. <laughs> Tiger. Yep. Lance. It's almost a definition of greatness when you come to own a first name, the Christian name, and no one ever has to use the surname yeah. to denote that great pinnacle figure that, yeah. that you've become. Yep. 25 games in, we've got Nick. Yeah. On every like, media outlet, every supporter, opposition or Collingwood, doesn't matter. Nick is just one thing. I mean, not even Nick Rewalt had like owned Nick, like Nick is owning Nick. Yeah. And I'm just loving that the mortgage he has got on that, that name, name. Yeah. Is just a small indication of the esteem with which he's already held. And speaking of Nick, my hard yes starts with Fly McRae's uh, press conference before the game. Did you see him uh, mention the tagging possibility on Nick? No, I didn't see that one. So he's been asked tell. somewhat um, predictably in the press conference, do you think Nick's going to get tagged and how will, he, how will he deal with it? And Fly McRae has zigged when you might have expected him to zag. Mm. And he said, I would, I would tag Nick. <laughs> he said, he's too good not to tag. Mm. Which was brilliant. Like the pressure that puts back on an opposition coach, Fly McRae's 4D chess of yeah. kind of daring. Um, who's the opposition coach? Oh, Ken Hinckley. Kind of daring him to go with Nick because he knew it was going to mm. come eventually, right? He knew the tag yeah. was going to come in some form. So it was like, let's get ahead of this. Let's own this. And we're we also going to back him in to beat it. Yeah. We were obviously at the game and the roar when Dacos kicked that. No. Goal that we should, I should, sorry, not Dacos, Nick, Nick's Nick. party tricks. Mm. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. What was louder? Was it that goal by Nick or was it Vampire Boy getting absolutely ridden into the turf <laughs> by Darcy Moore? Because they both both rattled my bones in terms right. of just sheer loudness. What, what, what's your take? What was, what was louder? Vampire Boy was louder. It was louder, wasn't it? it was, but, that was, yeah. But it was a different type of roar because mm. <laughs> it, uh, Nick was the lid off roar. That yeah, was the roar yeah. of the lid coming yeah, off. Yeah, that was the party. Yeah, that was the party vibe. The party beans inside the can after the lids come off, just already bubbling from the flame <laughs> and, torch. And that was, that was straight after the, the Josh Dacos goal. Now, has, has anyone seen Pete? Like, has Pete been seen since? Because we not, know not he Pete gets Frampton. animated. Not Pete Frampton. No, I'm talking about Peter, Peter Dacos. Uh, because I think he might have laid low after last week. You know, yeah, yeah you reckon he was? Dying. He might have been embarrassed. I'm not sure, but um, that's nice. He shouldn't be. Yeah, he can do no yeah. wrong. Just one thing on the um, yeah, the Nick Raw. I woke up the previous night with a pretty bad sore throat. You know, when it just hits you in the middle of the night and you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, fuck it. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to miss this game. I'm not going to miss any game I can make this year and I'm not going to miss the wedding because I can't. So all guns blazing, let's just go ahead. But I won't, I won't yell at the footy. I'll preserve my um, tenuous vocal cords because I might be getting sick here. Well, that went out of the window with the Josh goal and then it went to a new pitch with the Nick goal and I just found myself, I lost time again. Yeah. Another <laughs> found myself one just screaming myself hoarse. All right. Well, I'm going to go a hard no right. just to, because we can't, we can't get too elated. This can't just be 60 minutes of elation. We've got to bring it back down to earth and I'm, I'm about to do it. But one thing I noticed at the game is, have you noticed the club, like the benches, how some clubs have these ridiculous signs that denote where the 
where the game is at from a timing perspective. Like, I don't know if oh, you noticed like this. Symbology. There's stupid symbols, right? Like Carlton so, with their power sign. Oh, yeah, the PowerPoint. Yeah, so Port Adelaide on the weekend had, um, and it was obviously with 30 seconds to go because right next to it is a Collingwood guy holding up a sign that says 30. <laughs> anyway, it was an empty battery emoji. You know, All like right. the red battery with like, yeah. Anyway, I was just- They're going I, I think for very tech symbols. Clubs, clubs getting creative with these signs- I'm all for creativity in football and on the bench, but literally when you have the corresponding sign saying the same thing, it sort of loses its power. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's unnecessary cleverness. Like what's the point of being covert unless the other team is doing the same thing? I think like, they work on the premise, particularly a club like Port Adelaide, that um, the players cannot read or write. <laughs> they just go with the symbols. But I'd, I would like to see some more, more organic signs. Like why does it have to be all this kind of tech like, you know, yeah. lifeless digital shit. It could be like an emaciated chicken <laughs> yeah. towards the end of a quarter. All right, you got a hard yes? I've got a hard no, actually. Okay, it's, right. I'm going to call it the horny boo. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I think I know, yeah. yeah. So the media outlets, to my mind, were just hopelessly all at sea around deciphering why people were booing Horn Francis, to me, it's more obvious. When Collingwood goes into this beast mode we spoke mm. of, when that kind of bat signal goes out and everyone's like, fuck, this is, this is the start of our time, yep. lids off, we immediately become custodians of the entire game <laughs> yep. and the league. And there's this yep. sense, and I feel it, is that we have the ability from mm. here on to judge what is good and bad, what's allowed, <laughs> yeah. you know, the kind of yep. metric of the whole reality of the AFL yeah. ecosystem yep. is down to us. And I think that's because people said, well, is it because Horn Francis went ahead of Nick in the draft? Oh, it's my like, God, that's ridiculous. We're not ridiculous. thinking that deeply in the moment. We're booing him because for this next one, two, three, ten-year period with the lid off as we begin our Dacosian dynasty, yeah. we get to be the arbiters of what's mm. allowed on and off the field. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. I like that. And, and I don't think anyone's had that angle, but there's there's something, there's, a, there's an element of truth to that. Yeah, I think there was a sense that, I don't know for what reason, but Collingwood had had deemed what Horn Francis had done to North Melbourne as inappropriate. And yeah, that so portion kind of, of the standing crowd up for them. was, um, I don't know, just sending a message. I, I don't know. I, I listened. I, I didn't really hear it. During the game, to it be wasn't, honest, it's been overdone. Like, it's been people so jump on overcooked. The boo yeah, so overcooked. I'm all and for also, booing. Like the best, fuck. the best players get booed too. So he's a, he's yeah. a kid with immense talent, and you know it's going to happen. It's going to happen as part of the game. I liked McRae measured as always as part of his. I did see that as part of his press conference. Yeah, um, I, I get his very point. quick. Very quick though to not in my house. Not con- not condemn. Not condemn the 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 um. The punter, the turnstile-clicking, no. money-paying punter from doing what they want. He actually went as far to say that, you know, they pay the money, they can do what they want. They technically can't do what they want. Like, not everything. Um, not everything, sadly, <laughs> as, we've, as we've discovered. Um, but they can cheer or jeer uh, to their heart's content. Um, yeah, but so overcooked. I mean, God damn it, I hate when these things happen. I mean, it was kind of good because it knocked the power outage thing off the – Right. Headline, 
like, you know, when the discourse just moves on and like, oh my God, when something like that happens in the football, you just know it's just going to be played back on, on Twitter and on radio. And it's just, I think you've got, you've got two hours to talk about that and then you have to move on. It's the Damien Barretts of the world, just like flogging a dead horse. They're just mm. trying to milk this narrative, but, and you know what? We should stop milking it, but I got another hard no quickly. Yeah, go. I can't believe that we missed this. And this is yeah. a hard no for you and me, Damo. Okay, right. We did, knew, I miss, did I miss this? Did I miss we, this? We missed this. I don't know what it is. We knew that the urban surf trip was an analogy, a coaching tool. Yeah. And it was right in front of our eyes. <laughs> it's waves, man. The, yeah, okay, right. The waves will get generated at urban. So if, if you don't know what we're talking yeah. about in the preseason, whole team packs up, goes to urban surf to an artificial wave pool to try their very suspect skills um, surfing. Yep. And no one could do it except Nathan Murphy. The waves will keep on coming. They'll keep on being generated. You can't stop the waves. It's mechanical. No. If and when you fall off, another wave will come. Put it out of your mind. Try again. It's a, a to me that flow, that that wave analogy fits perfectly with what we're seeing. I know we saw it last year. Yeah, but the the absolute kind of brutality with which we're generating these waves through the middle, through the corridor to dismantle teams like Port Adelaide, I think, has just sharpened that analogy. It's made me realize that coaching tool was there all along. Yeah, I didn't see it. Very McRae esque, isn't it? To to tie that back nothing nothing is done in isolation at the Collingwood Football Club there's always a deeper meaning and yeah I think I think you're right and it certainly fits with you know the new Collingwood blondes as I like to call them we've got mm. down back Darcy Moore we've got our boy Frampton who we've ridden since day one <laughs> what did you make of Billy's uh Peter Billy oh, Frampton's look, game yeah it was <laughs> what did I think it was uh um it was a fair outing I think he uh, he impressed with some one-on-one jewels. Uh, Not early. Looked a bit shaky. Looked a bit shaky early. (laughs) I think it took him a while to warm up, heat up. I think that he might be a victim of like what what I really don't condone is body language shaming. Some (laughs) players look a bit lazy. Yeah. And Billy Frampton will be like, the ball's in the vicinity, so he'll have a bit of hustle, and you can see that he's kind of fairly stressed and trying to like, you know, compete. But as soon as the ball's out of his radius, he like flicks a switch and does catwalk. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. shoulders like and he's just suddenly this beautiful big beaming <laughs> strutting rooster. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I, I I watched his game and my God, it helps being two hundred centimeters because you just have to get a fist, right? You just have to keep keep contact on your forward. And essentially, right. just just bring the ball to ground, and that's a win. So, no, I, th- I think it was I think it was a it was a solid first outing. I know he was getting lots of love every single every single touch. McRae's um, like, oh, he doesn't quite know our system yet. He'll get better, mate. They have not tried to teach him a system at all. They're like, Billy, you're on the gorilla. Yeah, just punch. Yeah, just punch. Just punch. This is all we don't you need, need to you do. to distribute. We don't need you to get the ball. We need you to be a. a that's the second coming of Simon Prestigiacomo. No, I like. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was good. I thought it was passable, and yeah, he looks good. Like he looks like he I grew said, into it. I, I reckon he looks good, right? He suits the, he suits the new Collingwood look. Oh, he looks good. That's for sure. Okay, Alex, I've got a hard yes. Now you know the pies are going well. 
when the crowd cheers for Will Hoskin Elliott. <laughs> Ash. Now, I, I want to talk about my dad here. Um, he's a he's a vocal uh, critic of of way at, at times. Who is there? Is there a more maligned player in the team right now? That's my first question to you. There's always one, especially with baby. There's boomers. always one. They've always got. Someone they hate on. My dad used to hate on Michael Christian throughout the nineties. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird. I, I it, early on in the game, you know how the game was kind of played in two sections. It was that first that first little stanza where Port had kicked a couple of goals, and I think Hoskin Elliott had done you know maybe not impacted the game as as he would have wanted. Right. And the knives were out, but very quickly the tide turned and. It's just really interesting. Like he's he's the whipping boy for Collingwood right now. It doesn't seem like he can do anything well. And look, players make mistakes all the time. But when Hoskin Elliott fucks up, mm. I, I don't know where I don't know what it's like from where you're sitting. But it makes me really yeah, uncomfortable I'll- because <laughs> I've been thinking about this, and I was I was going to bring it up at some stage on a pod. Clearly, there's a disconnect. There's a gulf between the esteem with which WHE is held from a coaching point of view and what supporters see. Yeah. And here's my theory. We are playing this magnificent brand of football. To my eyes, it's partly based on predictability with the aerial contest. Mm. The players know the ball will come to ground at worst and then we're dominating the ground ball. And I think WHE in these chains... He doesn't mark it every time, but he rarely gets beat in the air. And I think that yeah. is his value as a link man. Yeah. But what we see is like some sometimes some shoddy decision-making and sometimes, you know, he misses a target and we're all over him like a rash. Yeah. But I think structurally, he I just think he must be really important from a coach's point of view. Yeah. I, I think there's there's also a perceived when, you, when you're playing in a team that's performing really well and really strong like the Pies are at the moment. Mm-hmm. Competition for spots is heating up. Right, we've got Howe to return, Lipinski in a few months, yep. Ginevan's coming back, Ash Johnson's performing well in the in the twos. So you kind of look as a supporter for your weakest link. Yeah, kind of looking ahead. Well, who comes out of this side for these players? And it, it to many, I think the decision is made that is that is WHE. But he did some things. He did some things during the game. He he won a one on one battle. He took a took a really strong overhead mark, as you said, and it sort of felt to me like that end scene in Rocky Four where Rocky's fighting Ivan Drago and then slowly but surely he starts to turn over the tough and unforgiving Soviet crowd. Yeah. So much so that I even heard some some cheers for for WHE towards the end of the match. And it was a it was a striking moment for me, yeah, to understand that the team the team is doing so well that that WHE has a has a growing supporter base. Wouldn't be surprised if they sold some badges at the end of the day with WHE's face on it. One thing you can't doubt though is he's a kind he seems like a kind figure within the team. Like a well loved, yes. kind because he's got Humble like nine man. kids, right? And I think he's got the, that fatherly <laughs> rounding up kind of Yeah, he does. It's beautiful. I mean, I, yeah. I, I honestly my prediction would be that Structurally, he stays in the team and gets better, not worse, because we've got more yeah. aerial targets now with Cox playing well, Cameron dominated on the weekend, McStay's yeah. in the team, Mychek's always been good. I, I think that Hoskin Elliott's seen as part of that aerial crew. Yeah, he's the modern swingman, isn't he? Because he trained down back 
over the offseason, playing more high forward at the moment, but they definitely see him. Craig McRae certainly sees him as a as an important linchpin in that team because he can play multiple roles if a player goes down. And yeah, look, we'll um we'll watch that one with interest. I did have another hard yes, Alex. Right, go ahead. And it goes to Jared Wade. Mm-hmm. Now, the man who looks like he brews the meanest IPA in Collingwood. <laughs> now, it's it's no coincidence that the least fit-looking dude at Collingwood has the team at basically peak physical fitness. Right. And when we talk about basting, when we talk about waves, when we talk about overrunning, that, that all comes down to one man, and that's that's Jared Wade, the fitness guru, who we, mm. we poached from the, the Rabbitohs, I think. Yeah. Um, a sport not really known for its fast-running fitness, the NRL. I know he started in the AFL, but um, my God, does he have that team looking immaculate? It's funny I don't know what he's done. That's the thing is you, we don't know what he's done, and that's the thing about high performance is it's mm. often shrouded in mystery because- Potion. Clubs don't want to give up a competitive advantage. But the one insight that I've had you know, this off-season, the one thing that kind of slipped through the cracks was that they had played those practice matches where we didn't overperform. Like we just beat Hawthorne. I think we just lost to Carlton. But we played yeah. those practice matches without any tapering or rest. So there was this no. like massive training block either side. That's Clearly right. Jared Wade has been a brutal overlord from the sidelines with his graphs and his GPS data points and his performance algorithms. That's right. There was that there was that talk, you know, when we just narrowly sort of ran over the top of Hawthorne down in Tasmania. Mm. I think it came out in the wash that the team had done an 11-kilometre trial maybe the day or, or two days before. Right. And when you kind of understand that, that he just has – he's had this plan. You know, obviously the game plan, you know, is, is really built on, on playing fast, furious football and, and running out matches. So he's just approached this one from, what, November last year just to get this team running and doesn't seem to be touch wood, you know, the soft injuries that we've seen in, in the past. Um, you know, a couple of the injuries that we've seen this year have been impact injuries. Yeah. A couple of drug suspensions. So, yeah, it does feel like there is a bit of the, uh, the doctor, Dr. Hans Wolfhart oh, um, yeah. magic to what Jared Wade's doing. And, yeah, we're loving it. We just love the way the guy looks. Like literally does look like a mixologist from Collingwood um, with his beard. <laughs> He's mixing a potent brew. Oh, my God. He is, he is doing something that, you know, we haven't seen at Collingwood for a, <laughs> for a long time. He's putting something in the, in the energy, energy drinks down there at Collingwood. Now, Damo, a tweet from sports journalist Daniel Churney caught my eye during the week. What was that? Is he a friend of the pod, Churney? Uh, I'm not sure if we can might be. claim Churney. Okay. Um, not sure about Churney, but um, he said- obviously in the aftermath of the Dacosian display. And I quote, Josh Dacos is going to end up as football's Mark War. Does that ring true to you? Interesting, interesting analogy. Let's unpack it. Well, obviously Mark, exquisitely skilled. Flamboyant. Um, flamboyant, more wristy, wristy perhaps. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, elite slipsman. Yeah. Elite fielder, yeah. actually, but wasn't rated... Uh, in terms of leadership, like Steve was, and just sheer pugnaciousness. Yeah. That Steve was just like a stubborn cunt. Yeah. Um, which I'm not saying Nick's a stubborn cunt, but that was the Mark and Steve thing. And Steve perhaps played for longer and had more adulation as the captain. And you'd think that Nick, there's a fair, there's an odds on chance that Nick will be a captain one day. 
Yeah, I don't know if I just confirming Journey is a friend of the pod. Um does follow us on Pi Hard. Shout out, Daniel, if you're listening. Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with that analogy because I don't see Steve War in either of those players. I definitely see Mark War, but Steve War was sort of a, a rugged, determined. He was more a Nick Maxwell, right? Like he was more, <laughs> you know, grit, mm. aggression. Um slicing wine bottles. Yeah, stoic. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I get the Mark War one. Steve War, no. I'll, I'll pay half of that. To be fair, he didn't actually mention Steve. That was just my interpretation was in the context of the brotherly relationship. Yeah. I think, I think his point was that you can be one of the most brilliant players of all time and still be in your brother's shadow. I mean, to put a slightly different spin on it, perhaps you could say that Josh Dacos is the Emilio Estevez to Charlie Sheen. Okay, yeah, I like that one. That would make sense because they had a famous dad as well. That's true, yeah. Martin Sheen. Yeah. There is something a little bit understated about Josh and I always think about, obviously, he'll surprise you, which yeah. was the intel we got from the guy all those years ago. Yeah. But also the fact that we did, I, I, I personally did, and I'm happy to call myself out on this. Yeah. I doubted at the beginning he was such a kind of slender, diminutive kid that I just doubted that he'd have the physical attributes yeah. to make it. Yeah, he was a late I mean, bloomer. Um, late bloomer. I'm eating my words. He's not only stacked on some muscle, but it's obviously the arch of the back, the decision-making and the skills. Yeah. I mean, it's exquisite and he's he is getting his time in the sun. So I appreciate Journey's. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I think there's there's merit to it. I mean, it's good It's good to discuss that stuff. Maybe I was thinking a little bit more like um, the Hemsworths, right? Right. You've got the Hemsworth, which is, you know, the, the Marvel, he's the star, you bankroll Thor, that. Yeah. And then you've got the other one who's not too bad. I'm not talking about the younger one. I'm talking about the other one that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, no, the third one's not the no third good. One, no, no, we no. never hear about the third Dacos for a reason. No, no, no we, we, um, we haven't gone that deep yet. But um, no, no, Cherny, I like it. I like where you're going. Anytime you can tie, you know, a footballer back culture. To, to culture, we're all for, for it at Pie Hard. All right, Al, Alex, what else we got? Did you think that that ball was out in the boundary line? I must admit I didn't see that. I didn't see that. So, no, I'm going to say it was in. I'm going to say it was definitely in. Do you remember this song from the early 90s, uh, early 2000s? Yeah, yeah, cut copy for sure. Cut copy. Yeah, big time. That's what I thought of in that moment. That yeah. The, I was quite close to said boundary line. Yeah. At no stage did I think the ball went out. Bob, it didn't bobble out. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck everyone was doing. Because yeah. I think first side bottom stopped. Yeah. Then McStay stopped. Then the opponent stopped. And you've got this incredible time standstill progression of events where McStay realizes it's play on, dishes the handball. Pendlebury, in a signature time standstill moment, does that fucking crazy over the head? That's right. Handball, which is becoming like a weekly occurrence. Flamboyant. And Nick, well, Nick does the rest. Yeah. Tumbles and I thought it bounced across the line. McStay saw it go across the line, but the other <laughs> didn't call it. They all gave up on it. They did. Dacos. Clever to Pendlebury. Nick Dacos arches his back. Josh kicked the last one. Oh. Nick Dacos this time. <laughs> I mean, I, we could do a whole podcast on this, but the raising of the 
hand almost in the action, immediately kind of flowing out of the action of kicking, somehow Nick's hand ends up pointing to the sky, pointing to his grandfather in the sky. Mm. The immediate celebration. How good must it feel coming off the boot to be able to celebrate within a microsecond? Reminded me a little bit of the waggling finger of one Leon Davis going back a few oh, years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't put that two, I didn't put two and two together on that, but I had seen that finger before. And oh my Mark God. Mark my words. It's been a while. That is going to be his signature. Yeah. Nick's signature will be the, the finger of almost the Michael, Michelangelo esque finger. Yeah, going up to touch God. And if you if you're thinking if you're an opposition supporter and you're thinking it's arrogant and what happens when he misses, he won't miss. He doesn't miss. He doesn't. He'll miss. never miss. Did you see whose birthday it was on game day? No, we had we had a terrific. Um, little moment between Fly McRae and one Salt Noble and um, he wrote something up on the board and then said happy birthday to John and John's kind of blushing there in the third row and then out comes a tiny pale cupcake literally it's the it's the pastry or the, the dessert sweet representation of John Noble was, was this before with, the game yeah, like in the pregame address when they're sitting on like, you know, those kind of bleachers inside, like that room where they get yeah, the yeah, private yeah. coaches room. Did he eat that before the game? Well, it had a candle in it, it was mm. burning, mm. and the tiny pale cupcake with pale icing on top. It yeah. just looked like John Noble yeah. and everyone's in stitches. Yeah. And um, McRae mentioned something about the soft cap, meaning the size of the cupcake. Yeah, right. So they could Very, very good, very, very good funny. stuff. With that kind of camaraderie, Brotherhood and romance in mind. I thought we'd go to Terrace Talk. Terrace Talk, Terrace Talk, Terrace Talk. You get to go on a Diga Station date with one current Magpie player. Who are you going out with? Cool. Oh. <laughs> Pendles, I reckon. Why? Pendles. Just his class. Tom Mitchell. He seems to have a lot of contacts overseas that could be beneficial. Now that's tough. I'm. I'm tempted to say Jack Ginnivan, but I think I'd have to say Jamie Elliott. Actually, no, sorry, Darcy Moore. If it's degustations and it's a long night with him, he's a smart bloke, I'm sure. I'm sure it would be entertaining. Which current magpie are you choosing to go on a degustation dinner date with? On a what, sorry? Probably Ginnivan, Jack. I like Jack. Was it? I just think he's... Tricky little boy. Yeah, he is. He is. He's got a bit of cheekiness to him. Yeah. Good in the restaurant scene. <laughs> Probably, yeah, you're right there, yeah. Just don't let him go to the toilet. I was going to say toilet. <laughs> Got to be Pendles. Why? He's, look, you look at the way he speaks, loves his vino. What a man. He's got his own vino, doesn't he? He, he does. I like a bottle. Pendles, if you're listening, chuck's the bottle. Jamie Elliott, because he's gorgeous. I'd choose Darcy Moore. Why? Because he's highly intelligent and he's got a good view of the world. Dinner table conversation would be up there. Oh, it'd be awesome. Love to know what he's reading. I'd like to look at his library. Absolutely. Taylor Adams, 100 percent Yeah, what a what a man. What a book. Scott Pendlebury. He's just a legend. The goey. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to watch eat. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, definitely Patrick Lipinski. He's a very nice looking man. <laughs> yeah. It's all about looks, isn't it? Yeah, all about looks. Oh, Nick Dacos is also very attractive. Jack Innovate, because I want to see what it was doing last Saturday night with the drugs. Probably Matt, Matt and Cox. 
I just think he's a great guy. I reckon his stories he can tell would be awesome. Jamie Elliott. Because <laughs> I love him. And he's hot. Dugowie. <laughs> Why? Jordan Dugowie. Oh, he's just... I oh, know, my name's Jordan. We got that in common. Pendle's just the perfect footballer. Got to be Nicky Dacos, I reckon. Little Jamie Elliott. Billy Elliott. Because he's so cool and calm and he's cocky. And I love that. Oh, yeah, sorry. Geordie. I was thinking of the guy who does the voiceover, though. Who's the crowd... The crowd fellow? The membership man. The membership oh, man. Not Glenn Moriarty. Yes. Why him? Oh, he's so handsome. I actually have a picture that I saved. I said to the kids, there's handsome. He's just down in front of me now. He's gorgeous. You have no idea. On our podcast, we call him the country road model. <laughs> he is, yes. That's who I would have, definitely. Hi, hi. Look us up. Oh, I feel a bit hot and steamy after that one, Alex. That's one of our <laughs> that's one of the best terrorist talks yet, I think. How good's it ending on Glenn? Oh, Moriarty made it <laughs> finally makes his thing out. And sorry to that guy who said Pendlebury if you're listening. Pen- Pendlebury's not listening, but um <laughs> <laughs> that was that was great. What was the comment? Tom Mitchell, he has contacts overseas. I don't know. I just laughed bit- um out of, you know, solidarity with the guy. But a few people said things. The guy, the guy who mentioned Taylor Adams said something that I was totally indecipherable as well. <laughs> okay. I like the simpler the better sometimes. Like Jordan Dugowie, why? Because I'm I'm called Jordan too. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it makes sense and it would be a delicious uh, degustation. Who would you pick, Alex? Well, I would also like to know what Darcy Moore's reading. Yeah, yeah. I think that the conversation would flow most with Darcy but as some um, some of the respondents said that you might have a better time with a Jack Ginnivan or Jordan Ngoi certainly after, after said restaurant yeah 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 the kick on yeah yeah but there was a, there was a bit of explaining about degustation um everyone likes a 10 course meal no i agree I, I would choose jeremy howe at the moment just so i could mother him uh, <laughs> and cut up his food and spoon feed him every course because as we know he's he's out of action i don't think he's i don't think he's able to is he able to cut up out. his food? Yeah. No. So that would be just something you could do to give back to um, That's Jeremy so Howe. Kind. Mm. So That's kind. the way I think, Alex. Right. I actually saw Ginevan before the game. You know how they they walk from the Lexus Centre to the MCG? I think we've touched on this before on on previous episodes of Pie Hard, but they have to walk. Like there's no there's no like secret play away to get from you know point A to point B. They literally have mm. to walk with the fans right. over the pedestrian bridge right and they get absolutely you know mold gobbled up alive right yeah and um i think i think the pies actually released something like this on their socials of you know the the trek from the lexus center to the game and you have to walk over the bridge and then you cut like a right go underneath and then walk along a road for like like it just seems really unsafe i don't know if you saw that video but you would think there would be an underground kind of singapore shopping center type expressway Obviously it's not. not the NBA, is it? No. It's imagine not. how distracting it was for Shane Wakeland all those years. <laughs> on the on, on the Connex. On the Connex. Like when he wasn't riding. That's brave. I don't know which line he was on, <laughs> but there's no way he's not just putting his headphones oh, on you'd, max you'd have and the, like not looking at anybody. Back when the the age was a broadsheet, you just you know like in the in you know when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles do it, you'd just put the hat on and the. Um, you can and the paper up in front of you. And yeah, was that? Did he actually do that most games, or was that just one game for a photo stunt? We'll have to. We'll have to get no, him no, on. He was. He was. That was his. Yeah, thing. he was. He was, he was public part, transport guy. He was part of Al Gore's, you know, climate 
brigade here in Australia at one yeah, point. Yeah, and good on him. And good on him for it. And good on him for saving the planet because one of the better looking magpies and with a social conscience, environmental conscience. He's, I'd love to get Shane on. Yeah, he's a very good looking man. He's up there with Glenn Moriarty in the, in the looking stakes, I think. As, as a There's player. a reason they put him in the, like, hit the shampoo Men for all seasons. Matthew Locan. Oh, yeah. Well, it sells, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> it sells. I've got to say, Alex, Terrace Talk is just getting better and better, so we'll we'll have to bring that back. We're not going to be – well, I'm not going to be in the country this weekend. You're not going to be oh, – Tell me about you're it. You're not what's, going to be on the mainland. What's main going land. on? I'm going to be I'm, – I'm overseas for work, so I don't think Ooh. we're going to be able to pod next week, but – Will I see you in the front row at Lakers game? Or no, that not, kind of- not that far, not that far, but you right. will – we will come back. We will come back with a pie heart. So we're back the week after the Brisbane game. So we've we got one week off. We've got one week off, um, but we'll come it's back gonna bigger. It's going to be sad. I'm going to miss you, mate. We'll come back bigger, stronger, and um, that's okay. That's okay. We'll continue to um, you know, to bring the, the cultural artifacts to the Collingwood Football Club legions, the fans, the army. Mm. Um, so, yeah, make sure you hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know if you see a, a mag out in the wild, um, if mm. you've got something you want us to check out or anything, anything to get off your chest. If you've got a terrorist talk, tell us who you would like to have a Diga station meal with. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back brighter, bigger and stronger than ever. We'll be watching. We'll obviously watch the Richmond game. So, um, yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, Alex, always great to check in with you. And um, Pleasure. Yeah, I think we can bask in this uh Post Pies sex glow for a little bit longer now. Mm. Is it kind of a bit like coming too early though in the piece <laughs> because we've got a long. We do. It's, long it is, I don't thought you were going to go somewhere else with that, but yeah, it is a it is a very 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 long season. And mm. I mean, look, is it? Are we getting ahead of ourselves? Absolutely, but um, why not? Are oh, the lids are? Why not? The lids rolling down Johnson Street right now. It's just we'll come and come again. Street. It's mm. gone. It's missing. If you find the lid, let us know. Uh, at Pie Hard Podcast, Twitter or Instagram. I don't think the lid's coming back. I think 2023 is just going to keep going in this direction. More party pies, more cupcakes, more Connex trains. More jizzing penises on my back windscreen. It's on. This is Pie Hard.